are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the College Loop Podcast, your one-stop shop for the on-pace 15-0 Auburn Tigers. So how's everybody feeling after week one? Colin, how you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm feeling good. Happy to be back here on a, on the live show. Missed missed our ultimate Thursday show, so I'm happy to be here. Um, saw some football this weekend, which was awesome. Yeah, and, and Daniel, so, you get, Daniel get to watch it from the from the press box. How was that view? Uh, you know, uh, gotta be honest, Jordan Hare Stadium press box is not my favorite. Uh, if it was a baseball press box, it would be perfect. Uh, however, just the location in the corner of the end zone is not really ideal. But, you know, still had a good time. Great weekend. Got to spend uh, some quality time with both you and Harrison. More so Harrison, but did get to see you for a little bit. Missed Colin this weekend, but, you know, hopefully we'll get to see him in, uh, in person tomorrow. Or no, the next day. I'll probably see Colin in person. So uh, I don't want to wait too much longer for that privilege. But ultimately, very good weekend. <laughs> And Tar, how you doing? I feel like you're. I think you're frantically trying to find ABC on your TV. Is that? Don't worry about. Don't don't worry about that. Um, <laughs> it's it's quite plausible that I'm trying to flip over to ABC. Um, I'm exhausted. Uh, it was good to be back. Um, good to be back in the plains. Um, if you think I'm hungover, I'm not. Um, I promise. I'm just so tired. The sun really. In case you could tell, I'm a little tomato right now. Um, sun really got to me, but um, man, it was so so good uh, to be back. And um, game one's always such a special treat uh, as an alum. Um, I'm growing to learn that it's not just the Alabamas and the Georgias and the AM games that you look forward to. Um, it is this first home games when everyone's back. Um, and it's like a big family reunion and getting to see the people that you love. Um, man, it was a special treat. And uh, I'm I'm super thankful I got to be there. Thank you, Daniel, for letting me uh, me crash. Um, it was so good to see you, buddy. Colin, I hate I miss you this weekend. Uh, we won't won't let it happen again. Um, but let's uh, let's get the show on the road. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and if you if you lived under a rock, you would know that Auburn won uh, yesterday, fifty nine to fourteen. Did Auburn win? I just drove through the middle of downtown this morning, and it looked like something happened. Well, I got to be honest. Uh, me being a, a veteran of of Auburn athletics, that was probably one of the more tame crowds I've ever had this had the pleasure of sitting down in. Uh, and the crazy thing is, I think it was just because the environments that I have been a part of as an Auburn fan, because Lauren, it was her first game. Uh, at, at Jordan Hare Stadium, but besides 2020, the last eight A game, right? Uh, yeah, and uh, so she actually said that she admitted the crowd at Jordan Hare is better than Sanford. She admitted it because the, the fanfare, the war, saying War Eagle as the Eagle flies. Uh, she missed Tiger Walk, but she did get the Royal Tumors. Uh, she got the full game day experience, but overall, to me, it felt like the crowd just wasn't like fully into it. And I get it, it's UMass. It's, On the other hand. It, it's the it's the non slate for everybody. You know what I mean? We're we're all trying to get back in the swing of things. Yeah, I I think like Mercer last year was was pretty good. I, Mercer I, was I, close. Oh, Akron as well. I, I think the crowds was were very like into it. This one just seemed like it was a little lackadaisical. I wonder um, if the two thirty kick has anything to do with that because I know it wasn't the hottest day ever, but still, I mean. A two thirty kick versus it being a six o'clock kick the two previous years. So I have a feeling Sanford will be a step up, especially think, if um, Auburn takes care of business next weekend. Every time you make it a night game, it's better, right? Sure. Just, just inherently, um, and and like I said, it's it's week one for a lot of people. Um, I certainly um, found some humor 
in uh, freshman learning the ropes of game day, uh, if you will. It's funnier every year. Every year you get older, the funnier it gets. Um, I'll, I'll leave it there. Um, people testing their own limits. Especially uh, the ones who, who didn't grow up going to Auburn, so they just don't know how to get right. this day. <laughs> right, right. Um, there's that. And uh, some people still got to learn, you know, like Bodegita. Um, we got we got to work on that one as a crowd. Wasn't great. Um, tell you tell you what what did what did go well. The eagle did fly pretty well, guys. It was a pretty good eagle flight. I think I had to take three breaths. Um, it was it was a nice long, long eagle flight. So like no complaints there. Drop it for those of you guys hanging out with us here on the live stream. Let us know your favorite part. Anything funny? Any funny stories you want to hear about them um, that you saw yesterday? Um, we encourage all goofy game day experiences, so please drop those in the comments. I'm here. For yes, that. My, my favorite part of uh, the people that were around me were not as loud as I was, but every time we got a tackle from like from like Larry Nixon or Eugene Asante or Elijah McAllister, Donovan Goffman, my response was always "Thank you, school, for wasting him." And it was just every time Donovan Goffman got in the backfield, "Thank you, Vanderbilt, for wasting him." Larry Nixon, "Thank you, North Texas." It just all. North Carolina was a little hard to run off, roll off uh, for Eugene Asante because he was just so adamant about being in the backfield. But yeah. I got to say, storyline of the game today, and as the president of the fan club, I have to ask this. Robbie Ashford scored three rushing touchdowns in the second quarter, and uh, I am opening up my uh, campaign to vote him as the Heisman winner of week one. So go ahead and send him his trophy. <laughs> uh, he's going to look really cool in New York. Right. Right. Um, I'm going to let somebody else feel this one first because I've actually I've got some Peyton Thorne comments to, to rebut with here in a little bit. I mean, I can talk uh, at length about this, but I don't I don't know if I go as far as giving him the Heisman, but <laughs> Robbie looked really good in the sets that he was given. Um, it did kind of upset me just seeing uh, Auburn running the two quarterback system. Uh, we did end up using two timeouts for uh for just not getting the plays in when we would bring Robbie in in the red zone. It happened twice in the in the first half, but it seemed like we got through that. Um, and hopefully as the season progresses, um, that'll be less less and less of a thing. But um, I was kind of proven wrong about the, the two-quarterback system. I saw, I saw strengths from both Robbie and Peyton, so it was awesome to see our boys play well. And, I mean, Connie said they, at least they got through it. They got through it three times, uh, all in the second quarter. And you can win a Heisman Trophy without throwing the ball. Look at uh, look at Derrick Henry and uh, and Mark Ingram, and the list goes on and on. You can you can you can win a Heisman. Devonte Smith, just naming off sadly <laughs> Alabama players who have all won the Heisman in my lifetime that have not uh, thrown a pass. Desmond Howard never completed many forward flat passes. Yeah, Desmond Howard never threw the ball. <laughs> uh, Charles Woodson never threw the ball. That's right. Uh, Tim Brown never threw the ball. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Eddie George didn't throw the ball for two seasons. <laughs> <laughs> and he got a Heisman both times. That's, that's true. You're not, I mean, specifically speaking. But, I mean, uh, and, and, and Robbie Atchard's getting in. Uh, if you, if, I'm pretty sure a lot of people could hear me. Uh, every time Robbie got on the field, I stood up. I was like, this is my time. This is, this is a, as big of a moment for Robbie as it is for me. So, my roommate uh, and I, Billy Nash, formal voice of the intro of the College Loop. Um, you can go and throw ter uh, Teresa's comment up here. We'll talk about that here in just a second. I'm going to give Daniel an opportunity to talk about Ashford, too. Um, we've decided that there are three forms of Robbie. Um, when he hands the ball off, he's just Rob. He's just Rob. Um, when he makes an outstanding play or, or makes picks up some yards and does some of those flashy, super athletic things, he's Robbie. Um, when he decides that it's time to go through his progressions, he's Robert. 
he's not he's no longer Robbie. He's Robert. Um, and and that is what we've decided to run along with. Um, yeah, I th- I thought that for the packages that Ashford was used on, and the fact that Auburn ran, I think a total of six or seven plays. I got to go back and watch film. I think they literally ran seven offensive plays all, all game. Um, I thought that I, I'm not joking. By the way, like I'm I'm I, I being can, no, I completely understand. Dead dead serious. Um, yes. I thought that the sets that we saw so far, and then when Hugh Freeze said after the game that there are more packages that Robbie's involved in, and people are like, "Oh no, wait!" Like, yeah, duh. I hope so. I really hope so. Um, red zone Robbie, I like I like that concept. Um, guys, I thought Peyton Thorne did what you needed him to do. Um, you didn't you didn't ask him to go out and ball out. Uh, you didn't ask him to go out and put on a Heisman campaign. You you wanted consistency. He's elusive in the pocket. He's tough to get to, and that's that's huge, right? Also, by the way, I thought the pocket looked better. But um, and then that'll be a talking point for later. I'm not going to keep chewing clock because I know Daniel wants to get in here. But um, before we kind of put Robbie Ashford up on this pedestal, I, I do want to remind people, like Peyton Thorne's starting quarterback for a reason. Um, he had good accuracy. And when, when, when he, he had one one pass that probably should have been picked and, and, and probably taken to the, to the crib. Oh, yeah. But in large, his misses were good misses. Like you're, you're, he's missing in spots where only his guys can get the ball. Um, he in large ran the RPO correctly. Like most of his reads were correct. Um, I was I was pleasantly not surprised. I was pleased with with the with the impact of Peyton Thorne. And and I'll, I'll be the one to say it. Like I'm I I think there's a clear decision making behind this. So um, I'll, I'll let Daniel go right after this. But I think all three quarterbacks played well yesterday. Yeah, sure. I agree. I think holding slung the ball fine. Daniel, your thoughts. So I, I'm kind of with you. Um, I agree that, you know, Thorne did, did what he needed to do. And I highly doubt that – or I don't highly doubt. I know we didn't see the full extent of the playbook because there's no need to open it up in a game like that. Um, you still covered the spread and hit the over um, without, you know, expanding your whole playbook. Next week you open up a little bit more, and that, that just kind of progresses as the season goes on. And I also feel like it's, you know, maybe just not – the offense isn't a complete product yet, which is okay. It's only week one. So, just by week four, A&M, that's when I'm expecting to see more of a complete product. Um, and even then, not not complete, just more advanced. But, yeah, I think Thorne did fine. Um, I think Robbie did really good with what he was assigned to do. And Hugh Freeze said the day that he named um, Thorne the starter that Robbie was always going to have a place and, like, a purpose on the team. So, I'm not surprised at all um, that Robbie was able to make an impact. Yeah, and uh, Robbie actually uh, talked about uh, his relationship with Peyton Thorne, yeah. and he said, we're brothers. That's not going to be any hate. Uh, there's not going to be any hate. We didn't have that last year. We had a lot of toxicity in this in this room. We got that out, and now we've got a, just a band of brothers in that room. So now you have, you have a – I wonder if the toxicity yeah. might have been named T.J. Finley. <laughs> uh, the guy who beat Baylor yesterday as well. Crazy yeah, you see him fighting that a was crazy. Bear, the bear. Yes. That was a crazy caption. That was crazy, but, but the fact that I mean, Robbie Ashford got a lot of got a lot of crap over the off season just about his maturity level last season, and it looks like that that was just the administration that caused that. Well, I would and, also like, I would like to say that was justified flack. I, I would say so. I, I think I know you defend him. Don't don't tell me that he was I'll, not. I'll, I'll completely agree. There were a lot of games where I think his emotions got the better of him, definitely. But there were a couple of times where I was like, okay, maybe we're maybe we're just of reacting on Robbie's emotionalism. Cause I mean, look, at, there's a lot of great quarterbacks out there. that are all emotional and Robbie just isn't in the great category yet. I think he can get there, 
and this might just take this season sitting behind Peyton Thorne and then 2024, Robbie Ashford is going to be the starting quarterback and he'll be a dignified leader at this point after kind of just like sitting back and letting his shoulder heal and kind of learning the mechanics that he needs to be the star quarterback next season. But overall, I just think that you're looking at this quarterback room and there's, there's competition. Yes, but it's friendly competition. It's all right. You're the starter. Okay. But I'm going to try to fight to get better on my end. So if you do end up staying, uh, it's going to be back to uh, who's going to be the starter for this season. And just w- watching Robbie, he was much more tame. Uh, he was much. He, he was way more like a statue in the pocket per se. Whenever it came to pass the ball, and I think the passes that he made, uh, at least the deep balls of Caleb Burton, uh, they were both a little off in some ways. And I think it probably would have helped. I like Caleb Burton, but I think if you were to give him him a bigger target. I think one of those would have been completed. Uh, I just think it came down to Caleb Burton is he's fast, but he can't really, you know, he's, he's not, he's on the taller side of things, if you know what I mean. Uh, and if I think if a Jair shorter or Shane hooks would have been in that one-on-one coverage, I feel like one of those would have got brought down. I do also want to keep it in, in, in perspective to put a little bow on the quarterback conversation um, because I don't want to yap for 30 minutes about quarterbacks, but there's 60 shows about that. It's very easy. It is very, very easy to be composed when everything is going right. Um, it, it is, I mean, yeah, it, that, that goes without saying, right? When you're blowing out your opponent, when when everybody else is, is getting their assignments, when your receivers that I'm about to pivot over to, um, when, when they're going to get the ball. Uh, I will say this, though. In the Robbie Ashford package, I did, did like the element of still having him throw slants, uh, bubble screens, um, and mixing in a little bit of passing that's not going to, put a huge strain on his shoulder, but also at the same time, not allow defenses to stack the box when Robbie Ashford's in, in play. I don't think that matters a ton because Robbie's so elusive and he's such an athlete. But at the same time, you want to make sure that when Robbie comes in, the other team, whoever you're playing, doesn't go, okay, just put eight, nine in the box. Why not? We don't need DB. You know what I mean? One of those things where you don't want to just get absolutely stuffed at the line. Now, well, I'm, I mentioned the receivers here, guys. This receiving court – I mean, granted, against UMass, against UMass, um, they were as advertised, folks. I mean, they were they were as advertised. There were some silly drops for sure, um, but in large, um, I mean, someone needs to go talk to Mike G and ask him what he knows um, because Jay Fair was as advertised. Um, Shane Hooks only had two catches, but he looked like the Shane Hooks we were expecting. My boy Coy grabbed the ball, by the way. He did get the ball. He wound up with 33 uh, receiving yards. Uh, Malcolm Johnson Jr. looked good. Javaris Johnson. I mean, you, you look you look around. I think there's only one catch by a running back, um, and which is fine. I mean, like my simplified playbook. But this receiving group looked competent. That's that's new. And you bring up all those names up that you just said, and there's a there's a some key names that are missing from that, yeah. and it's going to be a factor of the fact that you know. 8A, you didn't want to show the, too much of the playbook because it was raining and it was gross. And maybe it's the same way for UMass. You don't want to show off more of the playbook. But Rivaldo Fairweather and Luke Deal both didn't see the ball. They came in to, to run the ball. They blocked well, Fairweather. Luke Deal should have seen the ball. Yes. Luke <laughs> Deal dropped the football that he should have caught. should have had three catches. If he would have went up with that, if he would have thrown up his left hand too on that sideline catch when he just threw up his right hand, that would have been a catch over. That was somewhere. wild too. Yeah, Daniel, I got a question for you about receivers. Okay. Um, 
Nick Martyr didn't play on Saturday, which we weren't overly surprised by. Um, yeah. Good for him in terms of like being able to get healthy, right? Um, yeah. Are you a little bit excited that if he's good to play on Saturday next week, like Nick Martyr could have his moment because no one has film on him at Auburn and they don't know how he fits in the schematics because I'm a little bit excited. Oh, yeah. I'm stoked about that. Um, anyone who's been listening to the show for a while knows how high I am on this guy. Um, I put him as my top impact transfer, and he proved me right through the spring. So I rode with him, and we're going to stick with that prediction through the fall. But I'm excited. Um, you know, opening week, inferior opponent, no need to risk it. But this is a much bigger game this week. Um, even though Cal's not overly good, I mean, it's still a Power 5 opponent Well, for now. Who knows what the future holds? But for now, a Power 5 opponent. Um, so, yes, I think that he'll play a big role and definitely make a few impact catches next week. And Cal's defense uh, showed a little bit of weakness last week against the Auburn feeder school in North Texas as well. <laughs> so uh, – and that game overall that we'll we'll have all week of coverage of how we think that game's gonna go. Hopefully get someone from from Cal over here as well. If if Pacific Time actually like fares with us as well. Uh but probably no. <laughs> probably yeah. Uh we'll we'll get we'll get John Connolly on the on the uh on the Cal train and get him to be a Cal fan for a week, I guess. Make him go watch him watch him film. We'll put a fake mustache on him so he looks like it. But but looking at the just Put a little bit on the on the on the wide receiver room uh, conversation. Jay Fair, I mean, what, what was the, the bet Mike G has? He has to get ten catches in a season. That was that was the bet. Yeah, that's that's going to clear it by a mile. That, that's <laughs> five catches in week one. I, I, I it'll be cleared by week four. <laughs> Colin, if if you want to chime in on the receivers and talk about what you like, go ahead. Um, but I do want to pose another question to you and kind of look at another skill position room before we flip to the defense side of the ball. Dude, these running backs are so as advertised. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah, Jeremiah Cobb looked great too, by the way. And we weren't, we didn't know which way that was going to go. Um, it was really cool seeing him play ball. And I think that the mentality, if you're going to play him against, if you're going to play him against UMass, the mentality is we're going to play this dude. We're going to give him football, um, which probably takes some yards away from other people. Um, if you don't care about stat padding, like we don't here at the College Loop, that's a good thing. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts there, but if you wanted to chime in on the wide receivers, by all means, floor is yours. Yeah, um, I think the only thing we've left untouched for wide receivers uh, is just the amount of targets that both Jay Fair and Shane Hooks received. Yes. Um, I think it was eight for Jay Fair and six for Hooks. Um, obviously, Hooks didn't didn't bring all those down, but just seeing the amount of the volume of targets they're getting from not just uh, Peyton, but but Robbie as well shows the confidence in those guys. And I can assume that'll stay the same and hopefully they'll they'll start reeling more of those in. But those running backs, man, got me excited. Um, the fact that we could have five like like competent running backs on in one room is nuts. Um, obviously, I think every single one scored a touchdown besides um, Brian Bouti, and he and you, ran. You did have Sean Jackson leading the team in rushing on your bingo card, right? Yeah, who'd have thought? Um, Robbie was leading the first half. I was like, that's normal. That's normal. Robbie can. Robbie will. We'll we'll score a hundred, not score a hundred, but run a hundred. Um, if he's if he scored a hundred, that'd be that'd be something else. That'd be nuts. That shot. Um, just kind of a side comment on that. Oh, what if Tank Bigsby got to run behind the O line, man? Oh my gosh. 
I don't even want to talk about it. I don't want yeah, to think that in my mind. Sixteen hundred yards. But, How about the line? That's nine. actually an offensive statement, Daniel. I'm, I'm angry. <laughs> I have never seen an offensive line, no matter who they're playing, just give the quarterback a clean pocket the entire time, or not give up a single sack the entire time. Plus, that could be just because Robbie Ashford was there whenever the pocket broke down, or Peyton Thorne's got wheels. Like, I mean, Ashford. I said it. I said it earlier. Peyton Thorne's ability to escape the pocket was was impressive. It was very yeah, impressive. I'm just saying, he's, dude's actually quick. Like, and we talk about being like a Jared Stidham. Dude could probably run a little bit like a Bo Nix, running wise. I mean, I think he's a little quicker than Jared Stidham. That's a and, you know, I, I love me. To, I, I'm not comparing him to Bo Nix. I'm saying he could run like Bo Nix. No, you're just <laughs> saying that. Weekend, Colin, continue your running back debrief, please. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's official. Um, Peyton Thorne. Could be a running back. Is that what I'm hearing? But uh, no. <laughs> um, I think the one that I was most impressed by was Damari Olsen. Um, yeah. he, ca- he came out and showed that he is going to be a very good number two um, behind Jarquez Hunter this season. Um, I think we've got a good two-headed monster um, on our hands with, with the addition of a third, fourth, and fifth head um, whenever we need him. Robbie Ashford. Six, and then obviously our newest running back, Peyton Thorne. So we got seven. <laughs> so this room is deep. I I don't know the deep. Seven, even begins, eight, eight. I don't I don't know if the word deep even begins to cover it. I mean, every single one of those guys brings something a little bit different um, to the run game. And a lot of Saturday was trying to figure out who do you use in what situation. Uh, in in my opinion, and granted, UMass probably not the best sample size. Probably get a better idea of that against Cal. But for their game plan, I thought that um, I thought that you saw some special stuff out of everybody. Uh, Brian Batiste is going to be special this year. Um, Damari Austin is he's going to be a dude. I mean, he is a force. As soon as you get Jarquez's legs tired, then you can be like, okay, hi. By the way, our RB two is just as good, if not maybe a little bit better. Um, so have fun with him too. Oh, by the way, you, you can stop him. See if you can stop the shiftiness of Brian Batiste. Also, I dare you to kick him the ball. UMass kicked Brian Batiste the ball to kick off the season. Dude. It is, matter, it is not a matter of, of if, but when, dude. Because yeah, me seeing him actually run, run a like return a kick in person, I was like, oh, this this dude's gonna take one of the house. Someone someone's gonna slip up, and they're gonna let him, and he might get one or two. He might and if two. he catches it, he's gonna take it no matter what. That first one, he was like eight yards deep in the end zone, and and took I it was out. shocked when he took that out. Same. And, but what he what he got to the one to forty? Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about the fact that Auburn's got two very good kick returners? Uh, Brian Batie, uh, awesome for kickoffs. Keontae Scott looked good. I mean, guys, he looked really good. It was also we talked about a, a punt returner developing over the offseason before. Like, I mean, last season, I was like, oh, dude, do not kick, kick the ball out of bounds, please, and Keontae Scott cannot touch it. But now I'm like, okay, please, for the love of God, let him get the ball. Please. Yeah, you, you, almost, you almost get a little cranky and ill when they kick it somewhere where Keontae's got to field it off the hop or he can't just can't get to it. Like, I know people were griping when the, the one time UMass kicked it over his head. He, they had not kicked it that deep all game, bro. All, even a blind squirrel gets a nut every once in a while. The, kick, the punter finally got, got, got all of that one. But now you're kind of like, dang, I, I really wish Keontae Scott could have fielded that ball because he had, like, I don't know, six feet of open grass and he can do cool things. Like – I mean, but there was one that bounced, and he took it, and he took it like. 30. That was one of his better returns. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, in subway fourteen, whenever you like, if you can get a punt returner for like a split second, you can like back up a little bit and then try to catch yeah. it on the run. On the run, That's exactly what I see Keontae Scott doing. It's yeah, he's back up and just try to get on the run. So improved, um, and and that special teams look great, by the way. 
I, yeah. I truthfully thought special teams looked great. Kick return, uh, uh, kick return coverage looked great. Um, punt return coverage looked great. McPherson's as advertised. Um, mean, we're not talking about the, the long snappers going deep. I mean, we, both, we got to see both Reed Hughes and Jacob Quarterbomb <laughs> on, on the on the long snaps, and all of them looked good. There was not a bad snap. Yeah, yeah. Imagine, we're talking about imagine take Bigsby. Imagine Jackson McFadden with this long snapper. Oh like, my gosh! Duo. Oh my gosh! Here we go. You would, here, goes, get a here goes here goes Dylan with his wild uh, side plots. We're talking about things that Auburn did really really well. Daniel, I want to talk about something Auburn did not do very well. Oof. Um, it's uh, let's address the elephant in the room, folks. Yeah. This front seven scares the shit out of me. Yeah. Um, and if you're an Auburn fan, it should scare you too, Daniel. I just need your breakdown here. I know that Auburn only gave up seven, uh, gave up 14, but that group looked looked rough, especially in run defense. They did. Um, I was not pleased over what I saw. Um, I really thought that UMass's O-line was dominant, which they that's not a good-looking unit. So the fact that um, the front seven struggled with them is scary. In those first two drives, they looked unstoppable. Um, I really thought for a minute, like, wow, this is about to be a shootout. Um, in a week one game against UMass, Auburn's going to get into a shootout, which is just not a pleasant thought. Right. Um, so, I don't know. I- I'm nervous about, you know, these SEC teams who have, you know, high-tempo, fast-paced offenses and who can move the ball on the ground. I'm really nervous. Um, I mean, granted, you have a few weeks before you get there. So you have time to improve, but even Cal, like Cal ran the ball. Like, what was it doing? Like 40 times times for almost 400 yards. Yeah. So that's what you got to go deal with next week. So you got to get better and you got to get better fast. Well, if there's a bright spot here, Kelder Falk did get half sack folks. Uh, And not only did he get half sack, that dude looked good playing ball. Um, Oh, that's another thing. The first sack of the season came from a defensive back. That was a thing that happened. Yes. (laughs) But that was uh, Donovan Kaufman, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Who needs who needs linebackers when you have Donovan Kaufman? Thank you, thank you, Vanderbilt for wasting him. Might I add? Thank you. Yeah. So they ran fifty. Cal had fifty six carries for three hundred fifty seven yards against the Auburn feeder school that is North Texas. That's a but, lot of running the ball. But the thing is, yes, the front seven did look bad. But I will say, after that first drive, there was a much improved look afterwards because UMass got one hundred forty yards rushing, which you shouldn't give up that much to UMass anyways. But they did get over half of that on the first drive of the game. And that was whenever we were like, oh, boy. But then if you look after that, I mean, it went, if I can, if ESPN will let me, like, load things, it went for, it went touchdown, then punt, 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 fumble, missed field goal, end of half. That that was all the first half. And end of half, that's end of first quarter. Thank you, ESPN, for messing that up. Uh, and then you got to pick six to start off the, start off the uh, second half. But – I mean, overall, I mean, I, I think the def- the front seven did look bad, and I think it was more of them trying to figure it because you got different packages every time. Uh, every, like, other drive, you got Austin Keys or Cam Riley as, as the two starting linebackers, and you would get Larry Nixon and Asante coming in. And the linebacker conversation has always been something we talk about, we've talked about all summer. I mean, can someone explain to me why it's not usually Asante and someone else? Yeah, I wish I had the answer to that. Um, I really I, – I didn't get it. Um, Eugene Asante was like the only bright spot. <laughs> the star position, I will say. Yeah. Asante and Donovan Kaufman both are, gonna, are a nice one-two punch at that star position. That, I'll give you that. I'll agree there. Um, but the linebacker conversation, those, those guys got to get better. 
Um, they really, they really do. Uh, and that front seven, Daniel, I'm, I'm going to let him put the ball on the tee for him in just one second about a question he asked a certain coach after the game that should scare the shit out of any Auburn fan. Um, and it's really stuck with me ever since he told me about it when he walked out of the gates. But I think that something that you can take, if, you're, if you want a positive spin zone this for me and, uh, and you want me to make this feel a little bit better. For the first time in a long time, folks, we saw Auburn make in-game adjustments. In-game. Not halftime, in-game, active, ebb and flow, right? Between um, drives. Yeah, throughout, throughout drive. Throughout the same drive. Um, you saw an immediate recon, like reset on, on the defensive front seven, like we said, on that defensive line, those are the linebacker core, after the opening drive touchdown for UMass. Um, and every time that Auburn maybe brought out a package or, or ran a play call – they did either wasn't executed correctly or wasn't set up in a way that was favorable to, to their skill set. You saw them go to the drawing board, not at halftime. You saw them do it on the sidelines and, and you saw them go back and, and correct. And like I said, against an opponent like this, that's a little easier to do and things are going to ebb and flow as the season goes on. But it's being able to roll with those punches and be able to dynamically change things. This is refreshing. Something we never saw during the entire tenure of Brian Harson. Something you didn't see at the back end of the tenure of Gus Malzahn. And unless you went to the locker room, things weren't going to change. Um, way too early to talk about this. Way too early to say that that is going to be a permanent fixture. But it is an encouraging sight. Now, Daniel, you spoke to a coach after the game yesterday about the front seven. And I'm going to let you tell the story here and why this should scare people. Can you repeat the question? I'm sorry, you broke up a little bit on me. Oh, you're good. My Wi-Fi is probably the problem here. Um, you spoke to a, a, one of the coaches on the Auburn staff yesterday after the game about that front seven. And, and yeah. he gave you an answer that should, quite frankly, scare the shit out of Auburn fans. Um, yeah. I want to hear I – want, I want you to go ahead and tell your story. Sure. So, um, I was talking to a coach after the game yesterday, and I kind of just asked, you know, what happened? You know, it's UMass. 140 yards is a little concerning. He was like, yeah, we just weren't ready. Um, and then I was like, all right. And I just kind of walked off and I was leaving the stadium at this point. And I just got to thinking as I was walking to meet up with Mr. Harrison Tar, I was like, what did he say? You weren't ready. It's UMass, bro. You've had all summer to be ready for UMass. Um, and then that just kind of stuck with me the whole night. I was like, oh goodness. But it really aided Daniel. He mentioned it a couple of times throughout the night. Yeah. I brought I up like three or four. You see a lot of things week one that you're just. Uh, I mean, yes, your first actual game back after, you know, the coaching change, the team change, uh, everything changed about this team but the uniform going into the season. Yeah. Uh, and a few Auburn alum that are still on, on coaching staff, thankfully so. Uh, thank you, recruiting. DeAndre Carter, we're talking about the next episode, by the way, Tuesday, DeAndre yeah. Carter. Uh, but this is strictly just a recap and a review. Uh, but you you see that, and it's mo- it's mostly just going to be – Maybe they're like AJ just threw up there. Yeah, but I was just about to say that too. Maybe they were just looking ahead. Maybe they had Cal in their in their sights, and they were like, "Okay, we're just gonna get through UMass." But when that first drive came down, they just ran it down their throats. I mean, I mean, you're looking at the the runs that they did on that first drive. It went so they got the, the they returned it for 11 yards, and you're like, "Okay, yeah, you stop them," and they're on the 11 yard line because they tried to run it out like like uh, Batie did, and then they had a pass for 13 yards, and they went. They ran for nine, ran for 12, incomplete pass, run for 31, run for 17, run for six, and then the touchdown by uh, Tyson, who actually right at this point, watching the back of quarterback going for UMass, uh, Tyson not the, not, not the best quarterback on that UMass roster. No. So that that makes so much sense to me. Uh, we finally got to see why he got benched at Georgia Tech and at Clemson, wherever he was there. 
Uh, but I, I just think it's ultimately just going to be uh, – just they had someone else in their in their sights. I think they were getting ready for their first like true P five test at Cal, uh, where you know you gotta you're going to play it. Well, to them it will be like seven, but to everybody else it's going to be uh, ten thirty to to midnight watching that game. But I think that's all it is, uh, and you get that with week one. Uh, first drives of of a week one game always get to a defense in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, um, I, I guess. You know what I mean? I, I, I think that my my concern lies with Daniel. Um, I, it really does. And, and you know, you can you can say that. You can take it as coach speak, whatever. Um, I think AJ said what, what you mentioned, a little bit of, of civility there looking ahead to, to Cal. But also at the same time, the opponent in front of you is the task at hand. Um, and, and Kevin Tuberville, I'm going to throw this up real quick, just said, come on, defense didn't look that bad. Um, I didn't think as a whole unit that they did. I thought the front seven looked pretty scary. Not in a good way. Um, I will say that, 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 to that point, outside of the star position, you did not really see pressure on the quarterback. Uh, like you saw a couple times, but outside of blitzing Keontae Scott and Donovan Kaufman, D line and, and the linebackers, uh, unless Keldrick Falk was on the field, which he was not on it very much, but he made an impact. He was there was no pressure on the quarterback, which that alone, run defense is also scary, but not getting pressure on the quarterback in the SEC where you're playing. Will Rogers, Jaden Daniels, KJ Jefferson, uh, and basically whoever who's ever thrown to the five star receivers at Georgia, uh, you should be a little worried about not getting pressure on the quarterback. I'm just laughing. It's it, it's Carson Beck, but yeah, I, I know, but I, I, <laughs> it doesn't matter who's starting a, at the quarterback for for that school. Yeah, I, I don't disagree, but. I, I guess, I guess to, to Kevin's point, um, there, there were a lot of times that I, I thought the defense did a lot of good things in terms of that secondary is locked down, folks. I mean, it, 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 it is. Yeah, Jalen, Jalen Sim, have a day, have a day, Sim. I'm serious, have, have, have a day. But there are things that have got figured out. Is there an element of not wanting to show too different, too much schematics and put too much film down? I, absolutely, I, I, I 100% firmly believe that. Um, I wish that what the coach that Daniel spoke to would have just lied to him. And just said that it wasn't that his schematics weren't executed. That's one of those times that you can use the execution word that I know a lot of people are sick and tired of hearing in in the previous tenure. But there is an element of like, yeah, you need to 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 execute what what the game plan is. If, you, if you're not executing what you're hitting in practice and you're not hitting it on Saturdays, then why are you doing? Why why are you wasting your time? Um, but I do think there's also you can play devil's advocate and say Auburn didn't want to put down too much film in a game that they just out talented and 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 at, at at the beginning, ultimately Auburn dominated this game not just because of talent they executed well on the offensive side of the ball and there were good moments on defense like I said the secondary is really really good, um, I don't know who if I'm a quarterback I want to throw at because uh, there's not one of these DBs I want to throw at uh, I'm I'm being so for real right now. Um, and, and I think that there's an element of that too, but all in all, um, if you want to look at something that Auburn did poorly, it is the front seven. And, uh, let's see here. We'll throw this comment up here real quick. They didn't start out ready. This is from, I'm going to go hobby 44. Yes, uh, that's Hobie 44. That would be, uh, Mr. Larks. <laughs> oh, okay. Excellent. Hobie 44. They didn't start out ready. They, re- they realized themselves uh, as they played on-field adjustments was a refreshing change. You're never ready until the first series and drives are complete. That is, there's a lot of validity there and a lot of teeth there, um, and, I, and I will certainly agree with that. Um, I'm optimistic about this group looking a little bit different um, next Saturday. I guarantee you they're going to sit in and watch some film they don't want to watch. 
um, this week because I can promise you that the things that they did well against UMass will play such a minute side plot <laughs> to the film they get to watch this week. That's a privilege watch. <laughs> you, you don't get the privilege if you don't execute like you should at all times against a, a lower level opponent. Um, they'll be watching the bad film. And, and, and that's where you learn is, is in the film room. Uh, and then you, you, you correlate that to the practice field. I will say stat when we present our stat leaders, I just want to go and point out that I am in the lead for, for three of mine. Yeah. Uh, DJ James PBUs, uh, Jalen Simpson interceptions, and Jalen Simpson defensive touchdowns. But I will say to your credit, Tart, I did not hear Nimai Pritchett's name whatsoever all game, which that's a good thing if you're a defensive back. <laughs> Lockdown over there. By the way, you guys, this is going to shock if you if you watch the show recently, re, excuse me, routinely. Um, which, by the way, met like a handful of you guys this week. That was awesome. So nice to meet you yeah, guys. So glad that you guys are part of the loop. Um, yeah. But. <laughs> If you watch the show routinely, you know how much I love Nehemiah Pritchett. I was eyes on target every every time Auburn was, was on defense. And I'm not when I say target, I don't mean who was getting the ball thrown at him. Nehemiah Pritchett played lockdown defense on Saturday. That dude's a dog. And uh, that's all I need to say about this. Uh, a big telling of freeze for this year is seeing – sorry, I just hovered over it where you can show and then it like blurs over it for a second. <laughs> it's seeing how this team adjusts from – this week to next, even with the win. I think that's big time. Daniel, if you're Hugh Freezing Company, what do you take away from this game uh, in terms of, okay, I don't, I, honestly, if I'm the coach, I'm not focusing on the positive too, too much. I'm mean, like, do your job. Um, you don't get a, you don't get a high five for, for doing your job correctly. Uh, you get a high five for doing it exceptionally. Um, what do you, what do you focus on this week other than obviously that front seven? What are things you're like, okay, here's what we need to tighten up before we open up this playbook. How do we, how do we adjust and look better week to week? Well, you want to reinforce your weaknesses. Um, you need to reinforce the fact that you are not a perfect team and you're not a perfect unit. Um, it's real easy to get caught up in hype. Um, we see it all the time. Um, that's just something that goes hand in hand with sports teams that are determined by the right people to be pretty good. Um, but you just got to stay grounded and you just got to look ahead and – Hopefully the um, the scout team can provide some good reps for the defense this week on the ground because they're going to need it. Agree. Completely agree. If you guys have any questions and you're, and you're hanging out with us here on the live stream, make sure you drop those in. Give us your takes as well from yesterday's route of, of UMass. And, uh, I mean, overall, um, I think we can uh, – don't. I'm, I'm cool to run around and, and put a grade uh, on, on this game uh, per head. Um, let's go overarching grade, offensive go grade. Your biggest winner and biggest leader too. Hmm? Biggest winners and biggest losers of week one. Um, you mean like outside the uh, south of Auburn? Yeah, or no. winner? No, no. I mean, and, and for the game, like great okay. biggest winner, okay. biggest loser of the game. Okay, yeah, sure, we can, we can do that. Uh, Mr. Byersdorf, would you like to lead us off? Let's get uh, let's get your grade on both sides of the ball, overarching grade and winners and losers. Yeah, so I'd say offense for me that that's a B plus, especially just from where we were last year. Um, the amount of improvement that we've already seen in week one is, is astronomical and it only bodes well uh, heading into the future. Um, defense, oh, we, we had some, some, some bright spots and some, some dark spots. So I'm going to say solid C plus. They're fighting for that B minus. He's fighting hard. And then Emailing overall, and asking if they can round up. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. If you send a nice email, you can get that as a, as a B minus, but targeted that. Um, Overall grade, I'm gonna say say just solid B. Um, Auburn looked promising. 
but we still have issues to to deal with. Um, and then what was the second part of that question? A, a star? Biggest biggest winners, biggest losers. Biggest winner, uh, Jalen Simpson, man. Uh, two two turnovers, and then he came into the press conference wearing a seatbelt, saying like the first <laughs> thing he does is when he gets into to Jordan Hare is buckle up because that's his car or something like that. I'm yeah. sure Daniel was there. He could talk a little better about that. But that's that's not only was he winning on the field, but he's got the winner mentality, which <laughs> you love to see. Um, and losers, I don't know, man. We we got to do J J Sims dance at some point. All all four of us. Yes, yeah. I'll, I'll hit the dance. <laughs> I I love that. I love that so much. The seatbelt. I'm going to need you to expand here in a second, Daniel. I'm going to hop in. I'm, I'm going to throw it over to you. Um, so you guys heard a lot of sunshine pumping from me in the off season. That ends here. Um, you don't get you don't get nice tar anymore. Um, I'm I'm going to be brutal and I'm going to be honest as the season goes on when we give out our letter grades. I am I'm a tough grader. My students don't always appreciate that. Um, offense, um, I'm going to go B B minus. Um, there was drastic improvement, like Colin said last year. I would have given Auburn an F on offense. So there there is a benchmark that I, that I need to see upheld now. Keep in mind, like I said earlier, it'll ebb and it'll flow. Um, and this is a condensed playbook. There were things that I thought Auburn did very, very well, a.k.a. run the football. Um, and the forward pass is back. It's back. So that's really, really cool. Throw the um, ball. <laughs> but for them to have gotten an A+, plus, I would have needed to see something absurd. You know what I mean? Um, I thought Auburn did their, did his job. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, um, I'm going to go C. Um, you're you're going to get a level C from me. Um, that secondary really stood out, but I don't know that the, the, for the level of, of competition, that's really saying all that much. Um, when we get to my biggest losers, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you guys right now, my biggest loser is, is the linebacker core, um, in, in this game. Uh, it just, it just needs work and it's not honestly a ton to build off of in terms of confidence for, for the fan base or for the players, just to be completely candid, um, overarching grade here. As a whole, um, I'm, I'm, I'm also I'm going to go C+. Um, and, and I say that because this is not me saying Hugh Freeze did a C-plus job. Hugh Freeze did an A with what he's got right now. Let's, let's be honest. I'm talking about player execution, game, uh, game, game plan, and, and, and play calling. Um, C+. Plus. I, I thought that there was a lot of things that Auburn could have done better. When, am I ultimately pleased that it was the route that it should have been? Yes, it, but you did what you were supposed to do. And when you get a C in the class – You've done everything that's required. You've not gone above and beyond, right? And um, that's that's kind of where I stand on that. Like I said, my biggest loser is going to be the linebacking core as a whole. Um, my biggest winner, um, I might just go with another position group room. Is that okay? Yeah, sure. Um, dude, the quarterbacks. I'm being so serious. Um, Peyton Thorne could have done a lot of things better, for sure. Um, he's going to. He's going, he's going to improve. Robbie Ashford came in and, hit and looked great in his packages. Peyton Thorne ran that offense pretty seamlessly. It was clear that he's a leader on that field. That was evident, and that's good. That's what you want to see. Even if you were, you know, if you're on team, let Robbie be the starting quarterback, whatever. You want your starting quarterback to be the leader. Um, and I, I thought that the quarterback room did great. The running backs would be too much of a layup for me to give them biggest winner right now. Um, I thought that that was beautiful. Uh, and, 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 and large skill positions look like they gelled together nicely. Um, so I, I'm, I'm going to give the biggest winners to the quarterback room. Daniel, your thoughts. Um, okay. 
offense B. There's some things I liked, a few things I didn't. So B. Um, also, my my high school, I didn't grow up with plus and minus grades. We just got a flat grade, so I don't know <laughs> how the plus and minuses work. So I'm just sticking with the flat grades. Um, defense, I'm gonna give you a C. Like like Tar said, you did what you're supposed to do. Um, you started out bad. Um, if it, the game had ended after the first quarter, I would have given you an F. But you proved to me that you did some studying, you did, you did your homework, and, you know, you turned in the assignments. So, C, that's fine. Um, just kind of individual – special teams, A – you know, I will use A++. Special yes. teams were perfect. Um, I didn't see a, a single thing from any specialist units, from long snapping to holding to – you know, Alec McPherson making all of his PATs. Um, I don't believe he got a field goal attempt. No, but I'm he, sure he, he did. That's right. I remember that. Um, he hit it. Um, so, yeah, special teams was great. Play calling, good. Like we've all said multiple times here tonight, it was not the full playbook, and it definitely shouldn't have been. So, I feel like that just contributes more to it being a good grade. Um if there had been like some trick plays and stuff thrown in, like I would have been like, okay, that's not good. If you can't beat UMass straight up, like that's an issue. Um, so yeah, just kind of overall, overall, I'm, I'm gonna give it a B on the day. I like it. Dylan, round us out. I'll start off with the overall grade, and I'm sorry, my voice is still <clears throat> losing from uh, from yesterday. I lost my voice in the uh, biggest first. loser. Dylan's voice. Yeah, biggest loser, my uh, larynx. <laughs> but overall, great. I would give it a B. And with that being the offense, I'm going to give a B plus. Kind of fighting for it, like like Colin said, but kind of fighting for an A minus grade though, because uh, I feel like they it, it was a condensed playbook for what it was. It but it was good. They did everything they were supposed to do. Clean pocket. All the quarterbacks played well. Uh, the wide receivers much improved from last year, but then again, not hard to do. Running backs played well, played very well. Even uh, Sean Jackson did a did a, his best Marshawn Lynch impersonation yeah. on his way to a forty-plus yard uh, touchdown. He should have driven a golf cart too. That would have been sick. Yeah, it would have been awesome. So I'm gonna give the offense a B plus. Uh, defense, I'm gonna give it a B minus, and uh, that's gonna be because uh, and kind of I would give it like an eighty, like on the dot eighty. Because uh, their ability, they, they just struggle to stop the run. They did struggle in some aspects of the game. But overall, they did not give up many points. And they showed adjustments that needed to be made. So, And I think for, to that point, and, and it, hopefully Ron Roberts goes into this, goes into week two, and kind of looks around who he's not starting. Uh, I mean, a look at Keldrick Fox should be on the starting lineup. Uh, what is that? It's my roommate's getting loud. My bad, y'all. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought it was tar for a second, right, but and that gives me the B minus. The defense just showed that they have improved very much. So uh, they just need to work on a little bit more to get like a, a higher than an eighty. Uh, biggest winner, uh, me and Robbie Ashford, uh, of the world that Robbie Ashford should be in New York at some point in his last two years of college football. Uh, believe me, I am in the process of de- debating on if I should uh, or not, or not should, when I will be buying my Robbie Ashford jersey uh, to wear for every show from now on. Uh, but biggest loser, I'm going to go with that defensive line. Uh, you started uh, Messiah, and Messiah, is, he's a good player, uh, but he's not Kendrick Falk. And like I think it was what Kevin Tuberville said in the comments, uh, you're out Jalen McLeod. But I think for what it's worth, Elijah McAllister was a was a bright spot of the defensive the starting defensive line, but you didn't get Jason Jones making an impact like he's supposed to. Marcus Harris did a good job, but you got more 
uh, production from your backup defensive end and your basically your second your second string defensive tackle right behind Jason Jones and Marcus Harris. Uh, and I, I just think the defensive line would probably be my biggest point because again they just the biggest loser just because they didn't get pressure on the quarterback either. I mean, how, most of our sacks came from DBs, I believe, right? Uh, at linebacker, Legion Sante got half a sack. Keldrick Falk, half a sack back at defensive end. And then you got Donovan Kaufman getting a getting a sack. And then Elijah McAllister got a sack. So there we go. Marcus so, Harris, uh, Elijah McAllister, and then Keldrick Falk and Eugene Asante combined for another one. So there you but go. But besides Silly Kite, not on the stat sheet whatsoever. No. So overall grade B, biggest winner, Robbie Ashford. Uh, biggest loser, defensive line. But we're gonna we're gonna get out of here so we can all go enjoy LSU Florida State because LSU's game, about to score by the way. That game has playoff intentions, so we're gonna hurry up. Uh, Colin, uh, tell everybody I can love you find and support you. Yeah, um, just follow the Twitter at Byersdorf Colin. That's B E Y E R S D O R F Colin. Right on, Mr. Locke. You can follow me on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it, at Daniel J. Locke. You can catch my written work for 1819 News or for Auburn Daily or for Braves today if you're a Braves fan. Um, it's good stuff. Having a good year. So, uh, Tar, let's see what you got. Let's see, let's see what I got. Ooh, ooh, saucy with it. It's right here at by Harrison Tar on Twitter, on X, on Threads, wherever you want to come hang out with me. Thank you guys so much for supporting the College Loop. Thank you guys for watching on these live streams. We love, love these live streams. They are a blast. Shout out to all you guys. AJ Varis, the great show, fellas. Love the work y'all do. Keep it up. Love you, AJ. Arts, arts to you, my man. Um, I'll be in your city on Friday. Let's talk. Let's try to get lunch. I'm so serious. Um, I actually am going to get in before my girlfriend. I thought it was touchdown LSU. Never mind. I lied. Um, all right. If you're here, why have you not already liked, subscribed, and ring the bell? Why not? You definitely should. Make sure you like, subscribe, and ring the bell right here at the College Loop. Dylan's going to give you all of our social breakdowns. We wanted to get to 600 by the end of the week. We let you down. It's not. It's never your fault. It's never your fault. We, we let you guys down. We didn't We didn't make 400 bot accounts um, to get us to that target number, and that's on us. Um, but if you guys wanted to help us get to 600, uh, that'd be super, super cool. We're really pushing for 1,000. That opens up a whole new world of opportunities for us. So we really, really appreciate y'all's um, ongoing support, and it was super nice and super cool to meet so many of you guys yesterday. Dylan. Yeah, and of course, I'm Dylan Lark at You Boy the Tank on Twitter. I'm going to be talking very fast because I'm not in front of a TV, so I need to be in front of one to go watch LSU FSU. But yeah, go, go follow me right there at You Boy the Tank, also in the description below, where you can also get your Feeling Loopy shirt. I'm going to do that real quick. Uh, that shirt, we've talked about it uh, in link. This, this shirt is awesome. Go buy it. That's all I got to say. Link in the description because this shirt rocks. And if you want to follow us on social media, you have us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, all at the College Loop. Leave some hashtags for us in the comments whenever you see us. You know, hashtag feeling loopy. Uh, get that going. Hashtag Reslin Robbie as well because Robbie Asher's going to win the Heisman. But, of course, if you're tired of in our faces, look at Tar. He's, he's got an ugly bug going on. I am <laughs> so red sunburned. Exactly. Uh, if, you're, if you hate the color red, you would hate Tar's face right now. Uh, go listen to the show as well on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. And, of course, with all that being said, this has been the College Loop Podcast sped up by two times speed.